Hey, I'm Heather, a chaos coordinator and mom of three young kids. Chaos and cookies is literally my life, with never-ending dishes, laundry, you name it. Being a mom is a blessing, but it also comes with hard days too. Together, we can find the humor and real solutions to lighten your load and clean up the crumbs. You're listening to the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. Welcome back to my first guest of the 2024 Chaos and Cookies podcast season. I have Hannah Brandt with me today, and this is going to be a really fun episode. She is super cool, and I mean that in um, personality, and also it's a winter weather wonderland across the United States, so she's also very uh, cool there as well with ice. So we're trying to beat the uh, weather with our internet connection on this one, aren't we? Um, so before I bring Dr. Hannah Brandt on, I am going to give you a little bit of background about her and we'll uh, dive on in. So uh, Dr. Hannah Brandt, she has a lot of uh, letters behind her names. She's a PT, a DPT, a CPT, and an IFNCP. She is the founder and lead coach of HLB Lifestyle, which is her company. It's a virtual nutrition and uh, fitness coaching company that aims to redefine the accepted norms of diet culture and weight loss. Uh, having forced her weight issues, um, having faced her weight issues while following all the rules, Hannah realized that women don't need another product program or supplement. Instead, they need what helped Hannah lose and maintain a weight loss of over 60 pounds, a personalized nutrition and fitness plan, and a coach who can support them in discovering their own motivation, offer accountability, which is huge, and uh, guide them through the highs and the lows. Uh, HLB Lifestyle is shifting the concepts associated with weight management from fad diets, severe restrictions, and quick fixes to sustainability, optimal health, and a relentless pursuit of joy. It is the beginning of the year where everyone is looking for their new uh, health and wellness uh, journey. So this is a very appropriate time to have Miss Hannah on the show. And please welcome Dr. Hannah Brandt to the podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me, Heather. I'm excited to be here. And this really is our industry's Super Bowl, if you will. It is. It really is. Um, I am a health and wellness um, coach myself. I, uh, have a health and wellness background. I have a degree in exercise science. So this was always the, the great time to sign people up because everyone's starting the new year. Um, so this is a great opportunity to discuss this uh, topic in case people are struggling with which way to go or, uh, crash dieting and it's just not working. And we're what, three weeks into January. So, um, excited to dive into your specialty. Um, but before we do, I'm going to ask you my question, which is, what is your favorite cookie and or cookie memory? All right. So this is this is the question. My palms are getting a little sweaty because I can't pick a cookie. I've given this a lot of thought. And instead of picking a cookie just because all cookies deserve love, is we're going to go with the cookie story, one that I find immense joy in. My mom might have a different opinion. So okay. if we rewind back to when I was in undergrad, a dear friend of mine and I were both home from undergrad. We ended up going to the same college and it was we were home for Christmas break and my mom was decorating 
some sugar cookies was maybe going to have, you know, a little holiday party. So we're like, we're going to help you decorate these cookies and us using it as an opportunity to um, exercise our artistic point of view. We thought we were doing a great job. Again, my mom might disagree. So my mom is busy, you know, baking extra batches of cookies. My friend and I are at the kitchen island and we have a bunch of different bowls of icing in front of us with different colors. And my mom is probably expecting us to do like a green star or, you know, a red, you know, ornament. I decided I wanted to make my cookies look tie-dyed because they should be special cookies. That quickly turned into murky brown on every single cookie. She was mortified. It was like, I can't show these to any of the guests. You have to eat all of these ugly brown cookies now. I wasn't that upset about it. And then I realized that I was actually the better decorator of myself and my friend because we look over to my friend and she, all of her cookies had eyeballs on them. And my <laughs> mom is like, what are you doing? And she was like, self-portraits actually. So all of my cookies looked like brown goop and all of her cookies had like eyeballs made out of icing. She was quote, quote trying to do self-portraits on the cookies and my mom has not once let us help her decorate Christmas cookies since. And that was well over a decade ago. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. <laughs> I, I, I can empathize with your mom because I have three kids and when we do, they like to decorate cookies. I've noticed that when we do the decorating, they never eat them. So I spend this money and time to do them. They decorate them. They make a mess. They always put different colors on different things and it ends up becoming like <laughs> a mountain of icing of all Don't colors. Don't forget the sprinkles. Oh, the sprinkles everywhere. And then they, <laughs> they like eat the icing as they're decorating and then they want to eat the icing after, but then they never eat the cookies after the fact. So it's just basically a dump, which is, it's a great exercise. It's a great activity, but I would never serve the cookies <laughs> to anyone. Not because I'm embarrassed, just because A, their fingers and all sorts of stuff's all over the place. And B, it's just gross. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I, I Upon like looking back, like, you know, that would make sense. Even if you didn't have some gross ones and you could serve them, like that's kind of endearing. Like, look at the cookies. My like little ones helped me decorate. My mom would have to be like, my daughter who's in college and her friend decorated these. Like, I think there's a bit of a different. Oh, so you were not little. Oh, obviously if it's a decade ago. So it was like, yeah, we were, time. we were very much in college deciding to have a little bit of fun with the cookies. There may or may not have been a glass of wine on the table. It's hard to, hard to say as time passes, but I regret nothing. I think the cookies were fantastic. Did you actually eat one? Oh yeah. I mean, they tasted delicious. Brown yeah, icing and all. <laughs> this doesn't look aesthetically pleasing. I mean, I, I mean, Hey, that's fine. I just learned you can't really combine icing into a tie dye. Like you might think I'm sure you can. I just don't have the skill set. Yeah. We just don't have one of those bakeries. And I will say like <laughs> I bake every year certain types because they are requested. But so I did all this baking. I ended up making some new stuff. I then find out, I bring them to like my sisters and they're like, I don't want that in my house. And I'm, cause I guess they didn't want to eat like whatever. And I'm like, what happened? Like you asked me to make them, I bring them. So I literally had so much and I didn't even make that many, but I had all these cookies and my, no one ate them. And I was I like, feel like that is so them. challenging. Like everyone like wants a cookie, but then everyone was like, don't leave them here. Take them, take them, take them. So you, you oh, like people just end up with so many things they don't want. When I used to work clinically, 
full-time in healthcare as a physical therapist. So that was always a great place to like bring anything and put it in the staff room because with the giant staff of healthcare providers, they were going to get eaten. Oh yeah. Usually we'll send them like extra birthday cake. I'll send it to like, my sister's a principal. So I'm like, take it to your school, put it in your break room. But this was Christmas. And I just decided, I was like, I made all these cookies that you asked me to make. I didn't even make that many, but this made a lot. I don't want my kids to necessarily eat all of them. I don't necessarily want to eat all of them. And no one, like no one, I was like, I don't know. So I finally just sent them home with like my babysitter. I sent them home with like my boyfriend's son. I'm like, just take them. I, I don't, then his, my boyfriend's girlfriend came up my boyfriend's son's my boyfriend's girlfriend my boyfriend like son. wait a minute no no not that no no um no I'm open-minded not that open-minded um so no I go with the flow but not that much no so my um so his son's girlfriend came over and I had these like um well, my boyfriend calls them doo-doo holes because he's just stupid. But uh, they're the the blossoms, the peanut butter blossoms with the Hershey kiss in the middle. Yeah, they're so Which good. I get, I get the, and so of course my kids think it's hilarious to call them that. But I offer them and she's like, I'm allergic to peanut butter. I'm like, are you kidding? So of course you are. Not, and my son's boyfriend, my son's boyfriend, my boyfriend's son could not eat them because she's allergic. And he, you know, if they're going to kiss later or whatever, I don't know, he's 19, whatever he, he said like, you can't have them. So he couldn't even eat them when it was favorite. I was like, I'm striking out. I'm done. I'm not making them anymore. I'll probably make like two next year. It is so frustrating. It's like you, you want to bake the cookies, but then you like, you end up with 30 or 50 and you're like, I don't need all of these in my house. Like I was hoping to spread the joy. Right. And then no one wants them or they're like, we don't really like those. I'm like, what? Or like, I'm, I'm trying to be better this year. And I'm like, what could be better than cookies? Well, it's not even this year yet. It's, yeah. it's still December <laughs> exactly. 25th, man. Like you got seven week. Like, come on. Right. So, so now coming off of the holidays and all the it's kind of funny, like in the, in the health and wellness world, as you probably experience, like there's that weird lull of like, you're good. You, you're like, okay, I'm going to be eating for holidays. La la la. Like everyone's like, that's like kind of where it peaks. And then Thanksgiving hits. And then it's, people are like, well, there's that weird gap between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And so should we just like not, and just like call it a week, call it a year and just start over <laughs> in January. Um, so then just, it kind of goes by the wayside because you've got the pies and all that. You go into Christmas and the cookie and all. So now we're in January and everyone's like, no alcohol, no sugar. It's like, that's not sustainable unless you really are going to give it up forever. Like there's no reason for you to go gung ho like that. Like you could, like I cut back sugar in my house for multiple reasons because the kids were just getting crazy and I just, it's just not good to have. So I dumped everything and slowly weaning them because they're children. Um, and there's no, there's no, I, I have no clue what they eat at their dad. So like when they come home to me, it's like, <laughs> we're just going to rebalance here. Um, so starting over and we're in January, most people join a gym, start a new program, go do dry January, which I get the concept of dry January, but I don't agree with it because if you are not going to continue to give it up, then what's the point? Why torture yourself and then just go right back into old habits? So do you, I'm sure that you are, you see these things in your, in your business. Oh, all the time. And like, even like to your point with like 
this like that weird black hole of time between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And then I think everyone just kind of detaches from reality from Christmas to New Year. And then like that first week in January, we all start to kind of come out of the dust and we're like, what's going on? What year is it now? Like, and so I actually, I saw this trend over and over and over again. So for a couple of years running, I actually ran a free, just like Facebook healthy habits challenge, just help women navigate the holidays. Like instead of shying away from your favorite pies and treats and, you know, that one thing that your grandmother makes or your mom's favorite cookies, why don't we learn how to embrace that, but also learn how to prioritize some protein and some vegetables just to get through the holiday season feeling like you enjoyed what you wanted to enjoy but don't feel like a stuffed sausage by the end of it and it's actually gone so well that that turned into a monthly membership that I now have with um, women just helping them stay focused on the basics but everything like you said just kind of boils down to like sustainability if you want to hit that reset button in dry January and you feel good about it have at it If you don't want to hit that button and that's the right choice for you, have at it. It's kind of more about finding what feels good for you. But like to your point, what is the end game there? Are you going to restrict it just long enough to completely lose your mind in February? Then it might not be the right tool for you. So it's always just kind of instead of just like hopping on the diet trend or the fad or whatever you saw some cool person doing on social media, it's more like take two two steps back and be like, how does this apply to me? And kind of start taking your own like voice back in regards to like what choices you're going to make. Right. So I, I always think about like a friend of mine. It was years ago. We were at like, I think it was we were just swimming in the backyard and they had just finished. I think it was the whole 30, which was the big fad. And I think it's starting to make a comeback a little bit, but the whole 30, you couldn't drink. And I just remember my friend and her husband were doing it. They looked great. I mean, they were, you know, depriving themselves of things that they were just going to implement back in. But I just remember it. She's like, this is my first, this is my first day I could drink. I just finished whole 30 yesterday or something. Like it feels so good to just drink a, like a beer or something, whatever we were drinking. And I'm thinking to myself, like, so you did that all for 30 days just to do it again. Like you, so she's like, Oh, it was torture, but it's not sustainable. So she just went right back into drinking. Now, did she minimize it? Maybe, I don't know, but this, that stuck with me where she's like, Oh, you know, I missed it. Or, you know, it feels good to like be done. So it was like a challenge that she completed. But in my opinion, if you're making like a lifestyle change, you want to make sure that it's something you can live with. Like if it's not, if you're not interested in drinking ever again, great. If you are going to maybe have a couple cocktails and keep that in mind when you are maybe just trying to cut back. Like I start with like, I don't want to drink during the week. So I don't drink during the week. It's not that hard for me. I don't, I'm not a big drinker anyway. It helps that I have a boyfriend that doesn't drink wine. So I'm not, I don't like to open bottles of wine. Cause then if I have an open bottle, I'm like, God, I got to I gotta finish that. It's gonna go bad in a couple of days. So I'll <laughs> drink it, right? Instead, I'm like, I don't feel like trying to drink a bottle in a few days because he won't have any and I'll have company. So I'm just gonna leave it. So it's one of those things where it's like making choices and cutting back rather than going gung ho, maybe a reset. But like my mom just said the other day, like, this is my last day of drinking and I'm detoxing. And I'm like, okay. But as soon as she's done <laughs> detoxing, she goes right back into it and then she detoxes again. So it's like, you won't have to, maybe your detox the next time won't be as hard if you brought it through a little bit more. 
oh, I couldn't agree. We're the same person. Like I also like, I just don't drink during the week. That was an easy call for me to make. I mean, I've lost a ton of weight. I've kept it off. And a lot of times you see women in that yo-yoing, like lose some weight and then gain it back or lose a little bit of weight, gain more back. Or even some women who like would fit in my category have lost a lot of weight. I was like over 60 pounds and then like put it all back on. It's because as soon as they quote, get there or like done with the challenge, there was no like education around like how to make it sustainable. Yes, there is times to lean a bit harder in and there's times to be a little bit more flexible in regards to your overall health and fitness goals. But if you're not playing the long game, all that does is reinforce the like, I'm really good at my diet and then YOLO. And then I'm really good at my diet. It's like, you know, everyone gets really intentional, you know, right around this time of year, the new year. And then it dies off for a little bit, maybe in like February, early March, but then spring break talks start coming. So then it ramps back up. Like it kind of ebbs and flows in waves. And it's those who find value in maintaining some level of consistency that can actually see that you might quote, have a beach body or a summer body year round that you feel pretty okay in because you didn't completely lean so hard into like, you know, a whole 30 or something that was just too restrictive for your lifestyle. And then you just completely bite it really hard coming out of it because you missed all of your favorite things. Right. And it, and it obviously kicks back right before summer for a bikini body. And then you maintain and it goes down because school's starting. And then, oh, wait, we're going to get back in routine after the kids go back to school because I haven't been able to do it because my kids are home. And mm-hmm. then then you get back into that. But then it's the holidays. So it's always an ebb and flow. And it's really for anything. But for me, like I started um, intermittent fasting and carb cycling and, and doing a different type of workout uh, about 2019, I think. And so what we're going on here, five, um, I have not been, one of my goals is to get back into eating more. I don't eat enough. I, I'm one of those that is, I can sustain a whole day without, I forget, but then I'm cranky and I'm tired and I have a headache. And then I'm like, why? Oh, I didn't eat today. Or did I eat today? I can't remember. <laughs> like, I don't even get up to go pee when I'm working. Like it's one of those things. And so I, I I'm intentionally trying and I like to work out four days a week and I like to do it in the morning and I know myself, blah, 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 blah. So I'm going to work on getting that. But I lose weight when I don't work out because I lose my muscle mass. Like, and I don't feel as good, which I know a lot of people will gain weight, but that's also because they're not offsetting what they're taking in. But um, for me, I don't feel as good. I'm skinnier and not like fit and healthy feeling. And then I'm cranky because I'm... <laughs> Everybody wins. And then if I drink, if I do have a drink, cause I just had a real stressful day, I'm like, I'm just going to have just a nightcap, try to get me to go to sleep. Then I don't tolerate as well. Cause I don't have anything in my stomach. So it's like one of those downward spirals. And so, um, but I still intermittent fast. I've maintained that for the most part. I, I don't get down on myself too much if I break it early, but that maintaining that piece has helped me be able to bounce back when I get very, um, you know, dedicated and really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, what is it? What am I? What am regimented? I huh? Regimented baby? Regimented or, um, very, uh, like strict and, uh, I'm, I'm blanking on the name, but, uh, I'm tracking. I know where you're going. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Committed, I guess. I don't know. It'll come up to me in like 20 seconds, but, um, when I'm really email me just one word in about six hours, like that was it. That was it. That was (laughs) it. Um, 
because I, I envy like my boyfriend's very like, uh, again, the word is blinking, but he goes to the gym and he's very um, structured, intentional. intentional. Yeah, something like that. You're going to help me in a minute. But um, <laughs> and then my, my brother-in-law is the same way. He's very like, when he is on, he is on. And then when he is off, he yo-yos. And so it's, it's really nice to see. And typically I am too, but it's, uh, if you find something that works, when you get back into it, then you, um, oh my gosh, it's going to bother me this whole time. <laughs> I hate um, that feeling. Isn't it awful? Um, but oh, should we it, just play the adjective game? Like, should we just start like riffing on random words to see if we can find oh, it? <laughs> I just, it'll come, it'll come. Um, but it, when I do start getting into the groove and I start committing, I can feel it, it doesn't take as long for me to get back into feeling good, muscle memory, all that. So it's finding a lifestyle that you can maintain when you're on. And then also, you know, even if you back off a little bit, you still feel good about it. Yeah. And I think something that you said kind of about like, with like being discipline. Discipline. Sorry. That's a great one. Discipline. You feel better Sorry. now, don't you? Discipline. I do. I'm like, oh, I know this word. Oh, that's just, that's so liberal. That feeling of, or like my husband and I will do that. If we're like, what's that actor's name in the movie? What's the name of the actor? Or like, what's the movie? And like, we'll both forget about it. I'll text him the next day, just the name of the movie. And I'm like, ha Like, it's just, it's Got so it. liberating. But something that you said, which I think is so wise and so many women miss this step is you first looked at yourself before you decided what would be a good approach for you, even when you are going to be more disciplined, we'll use the word, is you said yourself, you could be one where you just kind of quote, forget to eat and all day like that. Just It's not inherently, that wouldn't be weird for you for that to happen if you got really immersed in your work. So that's a natural parlay right into like intermittent fasting being a realistic thing that would already jive with you and your personality. Whereas I could not be further the opposite direction I'm thinking about my next meal as I'm actively eating like my family like we're the ones like on vacation we plan what we do around like our eating schedule and like as we're eating we're like if we're if we're at lunch we're making plans for dinner like we just I love the whole process of food no shocker I had a lot of weight to lose I mean I guess the full circle now but as someone who is such a foodie I enjoy eating I like it a lot of what worked for me was learning how to fuel my body to learn how much godforsaken chicken I needed to eat because you know protein's good. But like, what can we talk about the sweet potato tops and cookies and like the other things that I enjoy? So for me, intermittent fasting, no part of it feels good or sustainable. Whereas a way that I can eat my favorite foods but learn proper balance and portions, that was the right way for me to go. And I think kind of like with what you did, it's recognizing this is how I naturally am. Let's try and find a strategy that complements skill sets that I already have. Instead of trying to adopt whatever diet worked for Jesse up the hall in HR and she looks really good. It's like, okay, what, who am I as a person? What's meaningful for me in my relationship with food? in my relationship with exercise, like I'm like you very much a morning worker outer. That's how I like a morning workout person to my core. I just don't like afternoon or evening workouts at all. So me like trying to do something that involved going to a class every day, right after work at like five o'clock, I would rather sell my left arm. Like yeah. no part of me would enjoy that. So I love how you were like, this is me. Now I found something that I can lean into and it, it makes that barrier of re-entry 
very low. Even like, you know, even those of us in the industry, we're both health and fitness professionals. We have times where we are oh so mindful and disciplined and on it. Then we have times where we love our margaritas and like life happens and that gets to be okay too. But by approaching our personal health and wellness from a way that feels aligned with like who we are as a person, that slide back into our groove doesn't feel so bad when your groove matches your personality. Like if I had to slide back into your groove and go back into intermittent fasting, I, you'd have to pull me back into that train kicking and screaming. I would not want to, but like for you to go back into my regimen, I'd probably have to pull you into kicking and screaming. Cause you're like, no, 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 no. Like that just doesn't work for me. And I think like me having to eat, like me having to eat a lot of food to sustain the program that I follow. It's daunting to me. To... And that's my love language. Like the more, the better you, you tell me to eat as much as an NFL linebacker done. Like nothing would bring me more joy in this world. So that's why it's so fun. And our line of work is like, it's not, here's a program, here's a product, here's a whatever. It's like, let's talk about you. Let's get to know you. And let's come up with something that makes sense for you because we got to play the long game here. Yeah. If, if it was it's a not simple, a quick fit. Yeah. If it was as simple as eat less, and do more cardio, no woman on the planet would ever struggle with her health, fitness, weight loss, weight management, whatever word we want to throw at it, because we've all tried it. It has to be more nuanced. And also like hormone about understanding why you're doing it. A lot of times people will get into programs and they're like, do this. You follow it, you do it. Great. But if you don't understand why you're doing it, then it loses its value. Like, why are you cutting your carbs out? Well, you know, it, it, you know, you learn, you burn, you know, cause you're burning fat because you don't have carbs to burn, which is your energy. Well, carbs are really great for your hormones and women actually do need it. Now get the right kind of carbs and don't eat naked carbs. Always pair it with a protein to get an extra punch and fill you up faster. Like there's ways that you can make it, but there's a difference between like white bread and an apple, those are still carbs and it's still like white breads. There's better things out there, but bread shouldn't be restricted unless obviously if you're like gluten intolerant, but like understanding why you're carb cycling or why you're cutting carbs out to begin with, because if you don't understand it and it's also something you enjoy, don't do it. Like it's exactly. other ways to Knowledge do Knowledge really is power. And I do feel like and like and you probably see this too in your clients. I mean, the women we get to work with are highly educated. I mean, I work with a lot of women in healthcare, being a healthcare provider myself. I have a lot of business owners and the women are super smart. And a lot of times it's those extremely successful women who are used to being the one in the driver's seat. They're used to working hard and getting a return on that investment. They're used to that payout with leaning in. The one piece that has never clicked for them is their weight, the, the health and fitness piece. And so if we can bridge that gap and bring in education to help them understand why they're doing the things that they're doing and how to manipulate those variables to meet kind of their ebb and flow of their lifestyle, then they're more likely to stick with it. So like, right. yes, like carbs, great for your hormones. Like let's help women understand the how and the why behind it. Just so they're not like, okay, I guess I'm going to go eat bread now because I'm going to take care of my thyroid. Like let's, let's actually help them understand what's going on there. 
And like, you know, understanding the various phases of, you know, liver detoxification, that's like the most popular thing now on like with like reels and like TikTok and all of these other things that's, you know, got to take these supplements or this powder and like all these things. It's like, if you boil it down, all of those three phases are nutrient driven. So like, why don't we just focus on a higher quality diet? Like, there you go. And then maybe so, I mean, there are some supplements that you have to take that you can't get through your diet, but you shouldn't have to take all of them. Exactly. Right. It's like, I'm giving my kids a multivitamin because they're just kids and they don't, they're not the best eaters. Let's just be like, my kid likes cornflakes and chicken. Like that's it. Like, and he's 10. Those are great. He loves fruit. He likes vegetables, but he doesn't eat like that much probably. Yeah. He's a snacker. He's a snacker, which is fine, but he also eats all of my snacks. So like that's also (laughs) very daunting for me when I'm like, okay, I'm going to start my regimen. I bought all this stuff. I go in and I'm like, Dang I don't want to, can't eat it because it's like, I want you to eat. You're my kid. Like, but it's like, those, those were mine. Darn Dang it. it. Like I, and I want, but then I have to buy more, but groceries right now are just horrendous. Like everything that you do. And oh, yeah. I hide things from my husband. Like if they're like, if they're a Hannah snack and like, I really don't want him eating these. Like by all means, like I want him to eat healthy and I cook for us and whatnot. But if I hide it behind celery, it never gets eaten. I, so I hide my snacks that have to be refrigerated in like the back of the produce. Cause I mean, if it's not eye level, he's not getting to it. So like, I, I know what to put things behind. Or if I have like a random, like really like healthy looking gluten-free cracker box, I can put anything behind it. He will never find it. I could hide cash behind there and he'd never know. Well, you see those memes where they'll put like the snacks in like a, you know, like a broccoli bag yeah. or something, but it's like, <laughs> your jelly beans or something, you know, like hiding it. Cause the kids will, mine is cheese. Like my son doesn't Mm. eat cheese, but he'll eat really. I not my kid apparently, but we need to talk about this. I'm worried about him already. I love cheese. Like all that his dad ate was ham and cheese and nuts. Like he just like a, like a (laughs) squirrel and, and, and I'm like, okay. So I'm like, your dad, I know likes cheese. So I know that there's cheese at his house. Who doesn't like cheese. It's not like we have a lot of it. He likes pizza, (laughs) but like, macaroni and cheese he won't eat it it's what? weird i don't get it but he'll eat broccoli and carrots and apples and fruit, uh, all the things and so it's like i can't even hide my healthy snacks but i can hide under cheese <laughs> all right that is the weirdest thing maybe ever i i don't get it i but he doesn't also he's tired of peanut butter sandwiches and i'm like hmm. again whose child are you I'm because about him now i love peanut butter Cheese is my jam. Too much makes my stomach hurt, but that's whatever. But like, who doesn't eat macaroni and cheese? Or like, yeah, even like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Like those are staples. Staples. My other son will only do a jelly sandwich. He won't do butter and jelly. I gross. What type of household are you in? Exactly. I can't run. But then I've got my daughter. My my daughter who's she will eat anything. She likes spicy. I bring in like, if I get like chips and queso or nachos and it's spicy, she's like, ooh, spice. Like she loves spicy things. She'll eat her favorite meal is salmon. Uh, and oh, actually my oldest you. will eat salmon, but she loves eight. What? She loves salmon. And she came home the other day with this like 2024 like project. And it had all the things that she hopes and whatever for 2024. And it said two foods I like to try. And one was, um, oh man, what was the first one? Can't remember what she said for the first one, but the second one was sushi. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She 
try anything, but I can't get her to take a multivitamin because she doesn't like the taste of the gummy. I'm like, what? I don't get it. You'll eat salmon. You'll eat the spicy pickle, but you won't eat a sugar coated gelatin gummy. <laughs> so many rules. I don't know how you keep up. It's like I would need like a manual for each one. I do. Well, I do have a chaos control system that does have a manual for your home and there's their dietary needs in there. So if you had to look it up, they'll know their favorite brand and what they'll eat, but she's a great eater and she's this big. And my youngest is kind of, he's will try things, but he's six. I mean, whatever. And then my oldest is just like, no. And then I'll order a pizza. And he's like, I want you to make the pizza. I like your pizza better. So then I make the pizza and then he's like, I'm not hungry. I'm like, you suck. Well, we're all winning today, aren't we? Just one big happy family. I say it's for breakfast then because putting egg on it. So, I mean, but doing that kind of stuff, like showing, but I had noticed like when I work out, when I was, when I was doing it pretty legit, and it was really during COVID, they were home. They would, I've had like, uh, my ex-husband was in like computers. So we had like random computers all the time. Who knows why? But he, they would take these laptops and they would open them and pretend to work out. And it was because they saw me doing it. <laughs> so I was showing like, okay, I'm modeling this behavior. And then they're like, are you going to work out? Can I work out with you? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And then when I'm eating, they'll, they'll taste what I'm having. So it's at least exploratory and it's modeling good behavior where hopefully they're seeing because they see everything. Um, and then people will catch on. Um, and it's, for me, and probably we live in the health and wellness realm. Like I went to school for it. I've always been mindful of it. I'm an athlete, whatever. The guy I'm seeing, I, he's like, can you teach me to eat healthy? And I'm like, what do you mean? Cause he was going to the gym. Right. And he was dedicated, disciplined. He's very good about doing <laughs> the it. word again, but I noticed that he was doing the same workout for the last like eight months before I had met him. And I'm like, why are you, like, this is my workout. I'm like, no, we're going to change. Can, there are other exercises out there. Yeah. So now he does his and then the one I gave him and he, he started to see growth. I said, it's muscle memory. Your muscle is not going to do, you keep doing the same thing, arm day twice a week, the same <laughs> thing. Like it's bored. And so he didn't understand it. And to me, I was like, how do you not get this? Hello. But you have to remember that why people come to you and, and people that for help is because they really don't know, or he Google something, or he had a friend like load that, like the guy loaded his workout into his phone. And I said, well, what's the goal? Like, is he bodybuilding? Is he maintaining? Like you're doing what he's doing, but what's his deal? Yeah. What are you trying to get out of this? What's your end game? It is fun when you get to kind of like like for you, it's your boyfriend. I've done that with my husband before. I've helped out my brother before. Mainly my, my coaches and I, we work with women um, within our business, but it's so fun when someone just comes in like a blank slate. Like I have no clue. Like they finally like relinquish control for some reason, especially I feel like women, we feel like we quote, know what to do. Like every woman knows exactly what they need to do. And it's like, really? Like, do you like, is that your lane? Like I am very much stay in your lane. I, there is a reason that I pay someone to handle my taxes. Could I figure it out? Sure, but it wouldn't be done as well as quickly. And I'd be leaving things on the table. So the sooner we can realize, you know, like stay in your lane and like outsource, like find the person who's like, that is their lane. Everything just happens way quicker. 
For sure. And it's so funny because I'll make like overnight oats and he was like, what is this thing? I'm like, you, oh man, like you, cause he's like, he's like, my, my doctor says I need to eat less red meat. I said, then listen, like, okay. like, like more chicken or, and he will eat it, but he's like, I want to eat more healthy, which is code for, can you cook? And mm. I'll like, I'll, I'll, I'll bring the, the stuff over and you cook it or whatever. And, um, he said, it's so funny because he was cutting an avocado. It was probably like a few months ago. And he goes, watch this. And I was like, what? <laughs> he takes the knife, he's holding this avocado and he takes the knife and he puts it into the, the pit mm -hmm. and he, and he turns it and pops it out. And he's like, look, and I'm like, yes. And he goes, what? I'm like, are you joking? Because he's really hard to tell if he's joking or not. It's like, what and are we I'll looking at here? I couldn't tell if he was like messing with me because it's really hard to figure out if he, because sometimes he's messing with me. Like, I had no idea you were kidding. I was like, is this one of those times where you're like messing with me? Like, he's like, no, what? I thought you'd be impressed. I'm like, oh, 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 this is real. This is for real. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Let's just go. So that was very cool. Um, wow. But that is again? <laughs> like, yeah, like. That is how you take the pit out. But I can show you another trick, which is, and he's like, oh, I, I was like, he's like, I thought I, I thought I saw it on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Bless your heart. I said, but did you see the cutting of them and how you can slice your hand open? So let's go to that with the yeah. avocado. So it's just funny that he was like, oh, I learned something new. And I'm like, this is knowledge, dude. But you have to remember that we're not all on the same level. So to meet them where like they are. I had a, so she's technically a former client. She's been a one-on-one -on -one client of mine before, but like we go way back. This girl and I have known each other since the third grade. We were in each other's weddings. Like I taught her- The butt. cookie lady? Mm, no, that, that's a different friend. This is not cookie lady. <laughs> this, this friend, I taught her how to rollerblade. I taught her how to play tetherball. Like we've known each other like through every awkward- Tetherball, wow. Yeah. Oh yeah, we go way back. And so like, she is like, could not be more educated at this point. So she went, she did undergrad and then she did her, she got her MD PhD in like a combo program. So she did her like two years of her MD, four years of her PhD, finished her MD, went into her residency, did a fellowship, tacked on another fellowship. There might be one after to the point where I'm like, I've known you longer than anyone outside of your living relatives. And I don't even know what it is you actually do. I'm like, <laughs> so if you, so if I finally had to point like ask, and she's a pediatric hepatologist, like the, the smart of the smart. Oh yeah. She was a, like an actual client. She's like, I've never once had to pay mine to like my weight, my eating. Like she's, she's from a very petite family. And she was like, my genes are all of a sudden kind of snug. I don't like it. And I would like to know what to do about it. And so I'm like, ah, and she goes, I like, I want to do this right. I don't want to just pick your brain because you're my friend. Like, I want to do the thing. It's like, great. So she became a client within like four days. The texts that started coming in were just some of the favorite I've ever gotten. She was like, when did salmon get so much fat in it? I'm like, sweetie, it's born that way. I was like, again, it's a great food, but I'm like, that they come Healthy like fat. that. Yeah. I'm like, they come like that. She was like, no way. Just like, it's just, to someone who went to like MD, PhD, med school, residency, multiple fellowships to be like, what is this salmon's fat deal? Like what's going on? Like that really highlighted, like we all are very smart in our unique zones, but just because we're really smart in one zone, it doesn't mean that necessarily translates into other, even maybe parallel industries. Well, yeah, because I think it's, it's more like who you're exposed to in your education, like my boyfriend's never been taught how 
to eat healthy. He's, and I'm not stereotyping. He's a Texas blue collar boy, mm-hmm. like hunting, fishing, barbecue. barbecue. And I was born and raised in Texas, but raised by Yankees. My parents are from New York. My whole extended <laughs> family's from there. So we didn't eat the Texas way. We ate steak, potatoes, whatever, but like we ate the Northern way or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. So when I start bringing him around my family, my dad, like he took me to my first crawfish boil. I live this fun. I don't eat crawfish. Cause that just grosses me out. My sister loved him. Like she would eat them at like a restaurant, like Joe's crab shack. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I also lived in Florida for 11 years. I went to school out there and lived there for a while. So it's not like I was not exposed to the opportunity to go to these things. Right. So Mm -hmm. he took me to my first crawfish boil. I was grossed out just because of just the way that they do it. And they put it on the table and and my sister's a germaphobe. I'm like, my sister's (laughs) Greek. And I'm not that much of a germaphobe, but I was like, this is disgusting. But my dad wanted to come and and, and Travis is the name of, I'll just name my name. Travis was like, you've never been to a crawfish boil. You've lived here for how many years? And I'm going to be 39. So they've been living here at least 42, 43 years. And he's like, I've never been to one. I never really had the opportunity because all of their friends that were here are pretty much Northerners too. That okay, just migrated down. This migrate down. They just found, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Texas Jew. It's not common. <laughs> so when you go to temple as a kid, like you are in temple with other Northern people that have come down. Cause there's just not a lot of Texas Jews around here. So <laughs> like your friends become the Northern, like we're, we're the same people, right? Raised by Yankees, but whatever. So he had the opportunity to go and he loved it. He thought it was super fun. And my mom is like, I was also married to a, a, someone from Pennsylvania. So again, I married a Yankee. I met him in Florida, but he was a Northerner. Um, so when we would go visit family, it's North, 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 right? But he was very bougie, like <laughs> booty, hotel, businessman, whatever, right? So we, that was ever like, uh, our friends were like, we went to rooftop bars and swanky places and like restaurants that you sit down. The first time I went, it's like we were going to a party. It's like going get bring our own BYOB. I'm like BYOB. Like when you throw a party, you like bring something. You, you host, right? <laughs> right. And it's like, nah, it's not how we do it. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like you bring <laughs> what you want to drink. Like you could probably bum a beer, but like you bring your. He had the cooler and the ice, and I'm like, what is this? And then, um, he's he told my dad to bring some chairs. I'm like, bring some chairs. Okay. <laughs> And they're all sitting, waiting for the crawfish, and they're like chairs and they're coolers, and they're just hanging out, and it's so fun to have music, and the kids are playing, and it's it's like I'm in culture shock, but I've lived here my whole life. But there was nothing healthy at that entire thing. It was corn, <laughs> was like it. And so if you live this way, you don't know other ways. Like there was no salad. Yeah, that's just foreign. Yeah. So if you're, it's all about how you're, you're upbringing. And so you have to remember, like I came from all this knowledge and then you, you didn't have access or you're not exposed because your friends aren't like that. So they just, they hunt, they fish, they kill, they eat sausage. Like he eats deer sausage straight through. And my son is like, 
you smell like deer sausage again. <laughs> you just eat it right after. And he's like, you want some? I'm like, I'm good. I actually it's, don't, but thank you. It's just not my, I'm sure it's delicious, but it's just not appealing to me. So, but then I'll eat stuff and he's like, why do you eat that? I'm like, I don't know. It's healthy. It's why it's good. So you have to bring them down the level. So clean slate's fun because then they trust you. Oh yeah. I love it. And also like you learn things from them too. Like, so like, it's almost like you and I are opposite. So like I'm from Ohio originally. So I'm from the Midwest. My husband is from, well, he was born in North Carolina, but grew up in Virginia. So he was more the Southern, like, you know, he was a little bit more familiar with like barbecue, you know, shrimp and grits and like that kind of thing where I'm more from quote the North, like a Yankee. So it was just kind of fun, like seeing like his, you know, more stereotypical cuisine as compared to mine. And I just, to me, it's always just kind of like fun. Like I'll try almost anything, but I do kind of list toward things that are genuinely more healthy. And I do feel very lucky in that regard. So I know some people just, it truly just don't enjoy it. Like, you know, the taste of broccoli, it's a very, like, or kale. It is a very specific kale taste. I can, I can like, to me, like raw kale, I just can't get behind. Like, I don't care how healthy it is. Like, it's, I'm just not going to do it. Cooking it completely different. Like you got to give like that I can get down with, but like, I feel very fortunate that I do like healthy food, but you have to know how to prepare some of it. So like, I totally respect when someone's like, I just cannot eat like insert whatever vegetable. I'm like, I understand like it, ha- you, it's an acquired taste. Have we tried preparing it this way? It's just yeah. kind of fun to try and like think outside of the box and come up with different ways. But if someone's just a hard pass on like, I just cannot do Brussels sprouts. I'm like, I'll judge you because who doesn't love a charred Brussels sprout, but like they're bigger fish to fry. We'll move on. Right. Well, they're little baby cabbages. I know. I, I feel like a, a giant monster eating them, like little baby heads of lettuce. I Horrible. love Brussels sprouts so much. More cook them. You have, it's all about how you cook them as well. And I think that also becomes very daunting with, okay, you're telling me how to cook, how to eat, but how do I make it? And make um, it taste good. Or and how do you just make it? Like, what do you buy? How do you make it? I remember he's like, I think he got tired. Cause I told you I'm trying to like cook more. Cause I just, I was getting tired of cooking a lot and then no one eating it. And so I was like, it's just hindering my ability to eat. Cause I don't want to just cook. It's very hard to cook for one. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, he brought some over and he's like, I'm going to cook you dinner tonight. I'm like, you're going to cook me dinner. Okay. And he grills. It's <laughs> fine. But okay. I'm like looking and I was like, what is that? He's like brining turkey. So it's tasted like a smoked turkey and he, and he, and he grilled it, but then he made like fried okra and he had like something else. And I was like, it was very good, but, but I could not eat like that every day. It just felt heavy. It was very good, but I'm like, he's like, Oh yeah, we ate this all like pretty much all the time when I grew up. But I was like, that's why your artery, <laughs> like, that's why like it's, it was good, but I could not do it because yeah, it was, you start to feel different. You do. It's heavy. It's a lot of butter. Paul <laughs> like, <laughs> the amount of butter, like pioneer woman, amazing cook lots of butter if you've ever watched food network we all know fat is flavor i mean we got flavor that is flavor and i don't disagree but there is a time and a place and i'm very fortunate like i do cook a lot for my husband and i and he enjoys healthy eating he enjoys the food i make he likes it he's like it's a nice balance so he's like if i'm out on a job site and i want to pick up you know chick-fil-a bojangles or if i want to like grab like you know a donut at the gas station when i'm filling up he's like i don't even think twice about it because i know he really healthy at home it's just like a nice checks and balances system yeah because then if you go on vacation you 
they have, a, I think they've done a really good job with the times of making it more accessible to people now, now than what it used to be. Mm -hmm. um, but I just remember like every time I would cook early in the relationship, he would be like, is this healthy? I'm like, I, I think so. I, Relatively. I I, now I've never really thought of it that way, but I was like, yes, yes, it's it's better than like now I'm looking back, I'm like, it was way better than what you cooked me. Like if you want to <laughs> on a healthy scale, like, yeah. I'm going to go with yes. We're going to say really yes. And I think it was just like chicken soup or something. It wasn't even like crazy, but it's all about ingredients that you use. And like, um, like I make all, I guess I've gotten in the habit of making tacos. My poor children probably don't even know what beef tacos are. Cause I just don't make them that way. I make them with Turkey and I've mm -hmm. always made them with Turkey. And so I never really think to bring beef into it. And he's like, will you ever make beef tacos? If I come over, I was like, don't I? I was like, I guess I don't. I guess I always use ground Turkey because I know it's healthier. I like it. It's white meat. It's not, which beef is good, but it's more fattier. And I just not a big red meat person, but that's just me. It doesn't mean, I mean, I like a good steak, but it's not my go-to. Mm -hmm. So then weaning people off of their go-to and moving into something else, it's like, you have to be in the right mindset. And I'm sure you work with mindset and you ed education. Do you also provide like recipes and, and guidance for clients that come on that don't know? Absolutely. It, I feel like it is unfair for to, to completely change someone's eating habits or, you know, if someone's going to be, you know, like tracking their macronutrients, however, it's going to be structured to be like, this is what it looks like now. Go figure it out. I, like having templates and just some examples to get them kind of going, get their wheels turning to how they can approach food. I, it's super helpful. And it's a big part of our program. And, and just the way you were talking about kind of like, you know, weaning someone maybe off of their prior choices and just kind of meeting in the middle. I had a conversation with a client recently and she was a very firm, like, I'm not going to like this, but I'll try it anyway to shut you up. It was one of those conversations. Oh, yeah. And she was hungry. We're in a deficit for formal fat loss. She would like to be a bit more comfortable in her skins. Her scrubs were a little bit snug. And she's like, I'd like a little bit more room in these. So I'm like, okay, great. What we want to do is cut back some things like you and I talked a little bit earlier. We are cutting a little bit back on carbs for her, but I know she needs to be satisfied during her really long work shift. So I'm like, cut down on some of the rice, mix it with cauliflower rice. So I'm like, don't just go cauliflower rice from right, straight rice. You're going to be disappointed. Hate no it. one is going to enjoy that. I don't enjoy that. But if you can do a mashup of the two, it's a meeting of the middle. And she was like, this is going to be garbage. Fine. Whatever. Fine. It was, it was literally just to get me off her back. I was like, that, like the worst thing that could happen is you don't like lunch for one day. So kill me. And, but my client said, we have a great banter. And she came back and she was like, well played. That, that was actually quite good. I was like, hey, what did I say? It's just meeting in the middle. Yeah, you have to just um, lean into it, right? You, you, I. It's like my children, like you won't know till you try it. And so try it. And then they feel like it's funny when my kid's like, oh, no, I don't want that. And then they'll taste it. And I'm like, they're like, oh. And then I'm like, you didn't like it? And then like two seconds later, you'll catch on like, I was like, you just wanted to double <laughs> down on the book, but you actually liked it. And I was right. And you didn't want to tell me I was right. Because if you just if you just try it and he's like, okay, you were right. I kind of like it. So like <laughs> I used gotta to be so fruit. validating as a parent. Oh. You're like, yeah. That's so amazing. It's like, yes. And then sometimes like I told you, I'm like, I also knew you'd hate it, but I'm still going to tell you that you're going to like it. Cause that's my job. Cause <laughs> <laughs> it's fun for me. <laughs> I always say like, I never ask a question. I never, like, I'd already don't know the answer to. So 
Uh, it's a test. When I ask you a question, I already know when will you catch on? So, exactly. you know, um, I think, and, and so, but walk us through your program a little bit, which is, you know, cause we kind of gone down the rabbit hole. So how long is like, if we were to come work with you and right now people are probably looking for like the right fit, or maybe they're just having a hard time deciding, do I go here, 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 here? Cause there's so many, it's so now social media is just completely, you got the guy with like doing a one arm pull, pull up or whatever. He's like, this isn't the answer, but he still does it. You know, <laughs> it's, you want to look it's- like him. I feel like trying to pick out a diet strategy now, especially if you're leaning on social media, it's like going to the Cheesecake Factory hungry. There's just too many options. You're like, I just, I need a very clear vision on where we're going. So I'm so glad you asked. There are three ways to work with myself and my coaches. We, our flagship offer is our one-on-one customized coaching. That is when we can go like really deep with the individual. And those run in three and six month installments. It just depends a little bit more on what the client is looking for. For example, if a woman comes in, just wants to understand about how to fuel her body more, maybe have a little bit more energy, have some intention about like what she's getting at the grocery store figure out how to exercise in a way that's safe and comfortable. She might be around for three or six months if we don't have these huge lofty goals where a client I was joking with earlier this morning before we got in a call, the, the band I go with my clients is enjoyable. I upped her cardio and I don't overdose cardio by any means, but she's on the a very tail end of a very long weight loss journey. She just breached the 60 pounds lost mark wow. and she has a little bit more she would like to see gone. And so I just uh, tinkered with volume a little bit and I was like, I don't think it'll kill you like, completely joking around. So we fully have agreed upon if she does die by having to do one extra cardio session a week, I can still come to the funeral because I get credit for how fabulous she looks. We, we had that conversation this morning. So she's been a client for almost two years. So it just depends a little bit more on like how big or lofty someone's goal is, is more in line with how long they stay. So we just work in three and six months installments with our one-on-one clients just to stay organized, but keep an open dialogue for like, all right, how have we been doing? How close are we to our goals? And just always kind of make projections, rate of weight loss, or like, just make sure they feel like they are here because they want to be, not because they signed their name on a line, you know, 10 months ago, and now they're just kind of stuck. I never want someone to be within our kind of coaching, you know, climate, not like, and not want to be, we make sure everyone stays there because they actually want to be there. And so that's kind of our one-on-one service. We also have a group coaching program. It's a scaled down version of our one-on-one. They actually get individual feedback in a weekly group check-in video. They get individual app access. You get workouts, you get community support. It is really a good time in there. And then we also have a month-to-month membership for women who are just looking for accountability and support with the basics, water, sleep, steps, some vegetables, and some protein. It is daily accountability for just meeting your basic foundational needs. Again, also with app access and community support in both the group program and the membership just go month to month. So there's no length of time commitment. So we can really meet any woman where she is. Some women don't have the bandwidth or capacity to do more than brush their teeth in the morning. They probably just need that monthly membership just to start getting in the habit of drinking more water and paying attention to sleep other women need a little bit more and want some workouts. And then some women really want that high touch, very customized one-on-one offer. So we really do have three different ways to try and meet you exactly where you are. So you get the level of support you need, not too much support that just completely blows you out of the water, but not enough, but not too little, where you feel like you just got lost in a group that you actually wanted more engagement from. Do you work with um, more of a calorie base when you're doing nutrition or you do more macro? 
usually more macros once we get into the detailed dieting aspect of it. But if someone is, you know, wide-eyed, bushy-tailed, brand new to the whole thing, macros might be a lot. So again, it really yeah. is just meeting her where she is. And if you've never tracked a calorie a day in your life, that might be a great place to start. Let's just see what you're eating, where the calories kind of fall, and then we'll kind of tinker from there. So there's no like, when you come in, this is exactly the type of program you're going to get. This is what it looks like no matter what. There's a pretty, I mean, myself and my two head coaches. So I'm a doctor of physical therapy. I have another doctor of physical therapy and I have a pharmacist. So we're all coming in as healthcare providers. And we have really in-depth intake forms, especially for our one-on-one -on -one clients, just so we know what we're dealing with when we're making your program. You know, how in-depth are we going to get from day one? Or do we need to like really do like, let's dip our toes in the water and like, let's slowly wade into the kiddie pool together. Everyone's coming in a little bit different and it's our job to make sure we're tailoring our coaching and the support you're getting in a way that you can actually receive it and digest it, not completely get blown away by it. Yeah, because it's super important to know if um, someone's coming in with a history of an eating disorder or if they have um, Hashimoto's or they have some sort of... Um, thyroid. It's, it's good to have that information. So they'll, you'll know how they a, approach food or how they might be, you know, how they, they'll go. And it's like with the program I used to coach, we'd have to get like an intake form and just make sure that we're aware. We can't give medical advice from our doctors, but you are at least sensitive to the fact like, okay, you are gluten intolerant or okay, you have thyroid. So, you know, watch these spikes or give them more uh, resources. So you, you know, knowing factors that might hinder their uh progress too because that exactly. is exactly you know like are running. they going are they going to the bathroom regularly are you having weird bloating or heartburn or are you not do you have any history of autoimmunity in your family is one of your parents a diabetic like just to kind of like put up our spidey senses on things to look out for but even if someone comes and you know riddled you know coming you know we do have you know Hashimoto's like we have bowel issues we have you know skin issues many women are dealing with all of those things. And just because we can get fancy and do all the testing and do all the blood work and all of those things, if that person has no idea how to even make a healthy plate of food, why on earth would we want to get that fancy that quickly? Why don't we just talk about making, again, a basic healthy foundation to then build upon in a way that feels sustainable and attainable? instead of setting these like really lofty goals and making it complicated and people just kind of getting like, you just glaze over if it's yeah. that far over your head. And also starting with the basics too, like I can always tell when I need to get back on track because I'm not sleeping through the night and I, I'm actually hungrier when I work out because my metabolism's boosted and I sleep better. Um, I'm a little bit, you know, my body's regulated and I can always tell if I'm like, sluggish or you can just hear your body and you can just like my skin is you know glowing more and you just listening to your body and seeing not just the weight and the scale because the scale it's always about how your pants fit that's usually how I can tell I'm like oh, okay I need to denim doesn't push. lie <laughs> denim does not lie unless you got the jeggings and they have a little stretch but uh, <laughs> exactly <laughs> I refuse to buy pants like my pants I've, I've had the same jeans since caught like I say since college, I have some that are in college, so I, it makes me feel proud when I can zip those up. But if they're tight, <laughs> I'm like, but I don't, I haven't bought a new pair of pants in forever because I, I don't want to go up in size. And if they're loose, then it's like, okay, I probably need to 
to start working out because I'm losing too much muscle. So just listening to your body and seeing those other cues is really big. And that's a big win when you can like, yeah, I am sleeping better or yeah, I am feeling more hydrated. Like just the way you feel and not just how you're looking. And I think it's very interesting. And I think this was actually talked about on a recent podcast. Your podcast of yours was just, you guys have had some great guests on and some great conversations is so many women don't even realize they're tired or that they have brain fog, that they aren't sleeping like to a quality level. They just think like, this is it. So then you have someone who starts paying more mind to those seemingly simple things long enough. And it's so fun for me, you know, as a coach, you get messages of like, I didn't know I had brain fog. I haven't thought this clearly in a very long time. Or like, this is what it feels like to not have to reach for that coffee at one o'clock. I didn't know that's what this feels like. Because so many women just assume you have to eat less to lose weight, to fit in those jeans how you want. Or like, I joke a lot, we have so many healthcare providers that are clients and just business owners. I'm like, there's nothing less forgiving than a blazer because with those arm sleeves, yes. because there's no stretch there or scrubs when you bend over, when you're doing patient care, you, you need room there and you just have to get consistent with the basics. And then clients start to be like, Oh, this is what it feels like to feel good. I didn't even know I didn't feel good. So then right. when you have that contrast, you start to get more protective over it. Like, you know what? I actually enjoy sleeping really well. And I enjoy not having no energy because you start to educate these women that eating low calorie, calorie is a unit of energy. So the less you're eating, you're eating a low quote energy diet. No wonder you're tired all the time. Yeah, your body is hungry. So it's exactly. conserving energy because it doesn't want to die. Exactly. You have to, like, train it to know it's not going to die. Like usually with break two, you see a peak because your body's like, oh, like it goes really fast and you got like like the biggest loser. That was a huge thing. Like week two was always terrible. They never really oh. lost as much because their body went into shock and they're like, whoa, and it doesn't trust it. And then it's like, oh, I'm building trust. Oh, you are going to still feed me. Okay. I can get rid of it again. So mm -hmm. it's knowing that, that that's how it will go. You know? Yeah. It really is just fun to watch the client, not just hear you tell them this is all going to happen. It's when they actually start to realize it. I mean, like when I was in healthcare, one of my favorite things in the world, just because I mainly was an outpatient orthopedics as a physical therapist, let's say I was treating someone's shoulder. If you come in and say, how's the shoulder been doing? And you have a full report of all the times either it was bothering you with this, or like this movement was a bit of an issue, or maybe you saw a little improvement here. I know it's still like top of mind. So as a healthcare provider, my favorite moment was never, oh, it's been feeling a lot better. My favorite moment is when they're like, I haven't even thought about it because it, that means it's now normal. So we're trying to help these women just get normalized into the healthy habits instead of like having to put like drink your water on your to-do list. No, it just becomes part of what you do. You don't have to think about it anymore, but you just got to put in the reps first to eventually it just kind of become your normal eating enough food to not be tired all the time gets to be a normal thing, but we have to help them breach that and keep yeah. going. Cause then when they do start to feel like they used to, it's a wake up like, Oh, I probably need to look at what I'm doing and see if I need to probably kick it back into gear because I've been slacking and now I'm starting to feel it. And I don't want to, I know what it feels like to be good now. So I don't want to go back. Exactly. It becomes about so much more than chasing a new low on the scale. It becomes just truly trying to actually enjoy how you feel and being very present in multiple areas of your life because you're finally feeling good for a change.
Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'll tip on this quickly because, um, I, like I have back issues. I've had several spinal fusions. Mm -hmm. So, and I didn't have problems until I was 18. And it was when I went into college and started playing soccer and I just pushed my body a whole new level. And it was like, Hey, it's like, Whoa. And something, there was an injury that came out that I already had and didn't know. And then from then on, I had nothing but back pain from 18 <clears throat> until I was, a uh, 33. Mm. Um, and that was my early adulthood. And that was basically all I knew I had when I was pregnant with my kids, it was like, did that, did it, did your back hurt more when you're pregnant? I'm like, I couldn't tell you. It hurt all the time. Like it, it just hurt. The it end. just hurt. Yeah. And I was terrified after my first surgery because I had a lot of complications and I was like, I'm never doing it again. I'll just live with it. And after my third baby, it was like, I couldn't even walk. And doctors were like, I don't even know how you're walking or talking to me right now because you have zero like disc, like you're bone on bone and it is slipped. Like, how are you walking? And I'm like, I don't know. You just get by, you just block it out and go. It's, it's my, that's my way of life. I don't know any different. This is my and, normal. Right. And so I had surgery after three years. I mean, after just the surgery that with finally a doctor that knew what he was doing, um, he was like, I felt better. I could work out. And after three years, he released me. And it was after I started doing my regimen. And he was like, whatever you're doing, don't stop. Your spine has not moved, which I thought it would be. And you just keep doing what you're doing. And I have zero back pain. I have some like my kids know not to jump on me or some days or others. Right. But for the most part, I could count on a hand on how many days my back hurts in a month. I went so to a vacation uh, in New York a couple of weeks ago and we walked the whole time. And after the trip, I was like, I would have never been able to do that before because I remember just walking a few blocks and I would have to take like a break. I could never go hiking. I couldn't do a lot of things that were bumpy because I would have to take a break. Even like if we're walking, we were like a shopping and I had to like sit and like rest my back. And I was like, I didn't have to do that one time other than like when I was doing the Statue of Liberty, my legs were super tired, but that's <laughs> it was fatigue. But I was like, I would have never been able to do that. And I used to have to build an extra day in travel where if I was on a plane, I'd have to wait a day because I was so stiff and my back hurt so bad. And I was like, I'm good to go. And if my back was starting to hurt because it was cold and we had just walked a lot the next day, I was like... I'm good to go. Never would I've ever been able to do that. And I was like, that's the lifestyle change. I might have been working out as much, but my body was able to handle the 25 miles and not feel it because of muscle memory and just trying to maintain at least the basics. And I'm not hardcore. So it pays off in the long run. So when I do have back pain, it's like, I don't want to go back. I better start back up again. So it just, it's a good reminder. Yeah. How powerful of a story for like you to like truly be able to say like, I know what my path could have looked like. And for some people, even knowing that the path they're headed down is painful or they're uncomfortable or they just don't feel very good. Sometimes it's better the devil, you know, and they're afraid to course correct and do anything else different. So they just keep going down that path. And instead you knew that there was more that you could do better. And I'm so glad you found the right like, care team. You've got the care that you needed. And how cool now that you get to look back and say like, this is what happens if you invest in yourself. Yours yeah. is an extreme example, but how you are functioning today with your family, the things you get to do, that was not handed to you. That was earned 
because of the lifestyle you lead with your nutrition choices, your exercise, your mind to how you care for your body. That was an intentional choice. And for many women, that's a choice that doesn't feel as easy as just staying uncomfortable. So I think you're the perfect example of like, you'll never regret betting on yourself. No, I mean, I couldn't even get my kids baths. I had to hire someone because my um, ex-husband traveled so much. I couldn't even do baths for my little kids. I couldn't bend over and then be functional for them. And I had three kids, three and under. How am I going to be a good mom? I couldn't even be on the floor and like play with them. Now they, well, they're bigger now, but they still think that they're teeny tiny. They'll jump on my back. They know not to because they call, I, they say mom's half robot because I have... <laughs> You know, like if I'm, if I'm slow out of bed and I'm stiff, like with this kind of weather, they know, like leave mom alone. Like she just, she'll get there, but, mm -hmm. but they're older, but when you're young and you can't play with your kids and you don't have even just the, just take the back pain out of it. You just don't have the energy. And then all of a sudden you have energy to go play soccer with your kid or take a walk with your kid that you're there now for your family and not just, you're not doing it something just for yourself. You're able to participate fully and then they'll understand exactly what that looks like other than like mom. Cause I, they had all memories of when I was they were little on a, I would sit on a heating pad and I had to sit and I couldn't get up some days and I was bedridden. And it was like, this is mom's just sitting today. And I get like leather, like the, the lizard skin because I was on a heating pad full blast all the time. And mm. it was like, this is not fun for me to I'm missing out on the kids. And so I couldn't like go on fun. I would skip vacations or things to do because I was like, I can't, I can't do a, a hike. You no want your limitations to hold them back. Right. So good for you. I'm, I'll never forget a, a message that I gotten from a client when like she had, she was a former collegiate athlete and just life had been very unkind to her shortly after she had finished school and her weight shot up as a result of it. And she was like, people who meet me now, don't believe that I was a collegiate athlete and my former teammates don't recognize me. She goes, I would like to change all of that. And a big part of it was, I think like a huge moment was like, she wanted to be like the active mom with her kids. And I'll never forget the message when she was like, I fit, I got to go down the slide with my son. Because like, like that was not part of her reality. She was always afraid of getting stuck. So she never participated on the playground and she said, she fit. And she got to go down the side with her son. And like, that was just a cool thing. Cause again, it's like, yes, we can very much care about what our butt looks like in our jeans and our scrubs and how we look in our tank tops. And like, we can care about all of those things, but the same path also helps us elevate experiencing life how we want. Absolutely. That's so powerful too. That's like, can't imagine that. And you don't think about those things. And then you're like, yeah. Oh, because everyone's on different levels. So it's exactly. incredible what you're doing all with women. And so if anyone of uh, the listeners is listening and, and wants to pick this path because they're having a hard time finding their calling, or maybe they've tried a bunch and they would like to try something new, um, you're amazing and you're doing amazing things for women. And um, well, thank you. It was a super fun conversation. It was a very long episode, but uh, it's I I love it. So um Please tell us where we can find you and how we can find more info. Uh, everything that you share will be in the show notes. Uh, that way people can get in touch. Absolutely. No, I'm just so grateful that you had me on. I love conversations like this. I clearly have the gift of gab, as my husband would say. So I could just no chat all day. So uh, um, if you want to connect on my website, it's just hlblifestyle.com. There you can hear more about my story. You can see a lot of client testimonials. You can also apply for coaching right there. And there's also on my website, a link to a free ebook 
on my five top tips for not just losing the weight, but keeping it off. If you think about it, 90 to 95% of dieters fail long-term. Only five to 10% of us actually keep the weight off past five, 10 years. I occupy that smaller percent. So instead of continuing to follow the masses, we should probably look at what the very few people who've actually succeeded are doing. And that's what that ebook is about. Or if you're a little bit more of a social media aficionado, come say hi on Instagram. That's my primary platform. And it's just at Dr. Hannah, drhanna.healthcoach. And I would love to say hi. Awesome. Yeah. And people don't understand that we do love feedback. So please don't be shy. And absolutely. Uh, if you want to know what you guys thought about this episode, please reach out to Dr. Hannah or myself. If there's something that landed with you, if you would like to get more information on her, or I are happy to um, connect and, and, you know, help out or give more info. So um, thank we you so much. We love to talk. We're not going to shy away from the conversation. <laughs> I think we've made that abundantly clear. <laughs> and maybe this is a two-parter. You just never know, but Hey, um, we it. appreciate you being here and um, stay warm. And uh, thank you for the listeners to uh, listening to another episode of the chaos cookies podcast. If you like this episode, please rate and review, check out the show notes for the links that Dr. Hannah has provided us. And uh, please uh, join us for the next one. And thank you so much, Dr. Hannah, for being here with us today. My pleasure. And you guys have a great rest of your afternoon, evening, morning, whenever you listen to this podcast, and we will catch you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Chaos and Cookies podcast. If you want more goodies and friends to share them with, follow the crumbs to the Facebook group or visit the Chaos and Cookies website to grab my sweet secrets on how to calm your cookies. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. See you all next week for another episode of Chaos and Cookies.